Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and joining me is Tyler. Tyler, what's up, dude? Not much, dude. How about you? Uh, you know, when you don't work all that much, you know, you tend to be in a better mood, and I think I am in a better mood. Yeah, me too. I'm, I've been in pretty good mood for a while. I've been off for 11 days. Not looking forward to going back tomorrow, though. No, no. <laughs> well, I get, yeah, yeah. It's it's not one of the things I, I don't think a lot of people are looking forward to. I mean, bless you if you love your job, but damn, it's nice to be uh, not working for some time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Did you have a good Christmas, New Year's, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, it was all, it was all fine and dandy. Bought myself some toys. Uh, you know, did did some things. I, I did some things that are like work, I guess. I mean, it's kind of like work, finding a new place to live. Yeah. Um, and setting all that up, but that's mostly done. I've just got to knock out a few more things, and then I'll I'll be good to go. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a I I've been laying down a lot and just like not doing shit, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's been it's been great. Usually, when I'm off, I just feel like I have a lot of things that I have to do. But this year, it's just a lot different, and so it, it was nice going into this extended sort of vacation, I guess, and um, wake up and go, I don't know what I'm going to do today, and mm-hmm. I, I love I just love that feeling. Yeah, it's just kind of rare anymore to get to get that feeling. Yeah, it is, and, and yeah, I'm. Hmm. I, I, I guess I'm I'm kind of torn because I did rush a little bit to play a few video games for this, but then it turned out that none of the video games I rushed to get to play are going to be on a lot of my lists. Mm. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of, uh, Good. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's just in part of playing them while rushed too. So, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, uh, I, there was a couple games that I'm like, you know, and I should play this, and then I just decided, no, I'm just <laughs> like I, I felt, I felt pretty good about my list. This was honestly probably the easiest game of the year list I think I've ever made in doing this show. So. I, f- I felt pretty good about it. I'm like, you know what? I- I'm not going to rush those games that I want to play. I'll play them, you know, next year. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This is always my favorite show that we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's kind of the only show we do together right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's 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 nice to come here at the end of the year and knowing that we have to make lists. It's yeah. It's a thing we do. Lists. And everyone does it. Some people better than others. I've seen other outlets game of the years. So like, I haven't really been reading into it, but I'm like, some of them make me turn my head a little bit. <laughs> like like what? <sighs> Just Are like, you upset at the people that gave The Last of Us 2 game of the year? I'm not upset at them. I just think they're <laughs> wrong. Mm, okay. And find it hard. Not, I guess not hard to believe, but... I, I don't know, it's it's just puzzling that, like, that was the consensus at some of these outlets. Mm. Like, just based, based on what I see of them posting versus what they've uh, posted on their website. Gotcha. <laughs> um, 
But it's, it is not about other outlets here. We don't... No. Those other awards don't matter. Uh, these are... These, this is the only goatee you need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess, yeah, we should probably just get into it. This is typically one of our longer episodes of the year, so we might as well, well just get started, right? Yeah, well, I guess right at the top, we should say that we are doing it a little bit different this year. In oh, that yes. Uh, two, two words, no rules. <laughs> correct. So, and, and I kind of, I, I like it. I like doing it this way. I mean, um, after the shit fuck of a year we've had, we don't need rules anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we are. We're basically we're expanding it beyond 2020 games. If you play the game this year, it is eligible for anything you want to make it eligible for. Um, and to me, that makes a lot of sense uh, because you know there is one game in particular that is. Um, going to stick with me way more than anything else I've played this year. So mm-hmm. to ignore that would be weird. Um, and, and you know, you, I mean, look at the fucking Game Awards. You have Among Us coming in there, and, and like, that game's years old. Like, Game of the Year has changed uh, over the past number of years, especially with so many games being, like, live service and, and all that stuff. especially early access games. Remember when Fortnite right. won Game of the Year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... So it's, yeah, it's changed, and I, I like the way that we're we're changing it this year. I'll say that most of my list is 2020 stuff anyways, but but yeah, it's it's fun. Oh, I've got some, like, real bastard picks here, so uh, people are going to be <laughs> not happy with me, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh I mean, if if you're a PlayStation fanboy, if you uh, are really strict on rules here, uh, I don't know what you're doing here. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've proved time and time again we're more than willing to talk about other games. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but no, uh, no, no platform restrictions here at all either, which I like as well. Yeah. So, so um, the first category, which I think might even be the smallest category we've decided to include, we've actually like trimmed a few. Uh, so, the first category here is multiplayer, and Tyler, I don't know about you, but in a year that everyone was so separated, I expected more good multiplayer games to come out, but they kind of didn't. No, no, I did I, this one was sort of the hardest one to do to me, because I just felt like I didn't really play a ton of multiplayer stuff this year, and none of it really grabbed me, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I only have three picks for this. <laughs> to be to be honest, I only have three multiplayer games that I could think of to put on this list. Yeah, I have two. So why, okay. why don't you hit me with number three? Uh, my number three is Deep Rock Galactic, uh, the dwarf mining game. You go. I mean, I've I've only really played it with strangers online, so it's I didn't quite get the full experience of having my squad with me, but uh. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, a lot of cool interactions between character classes and just doing some mining and getting fucking eaten up by bugs and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, I just, I had a lot of fun with that game. I like how it uh, makes, I mean, I guess there are other games that have done this too, but like making light sources a thing that you need to coordinate, like throwing flares to light up a room. That, that was a really cool, neat little trick. Uh, but 
yeah, I, I wish I got to play it more with uh, people I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, my, uh, my number two, I actually threw out Call of Duty Modern Warfare again. Um, um, Warzone is a separate... Uh, were you putting Warzone and Modern Warfare in the same boat? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yes, because my number two is also is Call of Duty Warzone, which I believe should count as a separate thing since they made it a standalone free to play game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah it, it, that's fine with me. Um, because that that that's, that's what I remember from Call of Duty Modern Warfare this year is mm-hmm. is the Warzone is getting into that. Yeah, yeah, I remember playing Warzone, you know, earlier in the year and a couple times throughout, and it's just, it's a really great experience. It's a, just a dumb, fun time, and, um, and, and it's just kind of, uh, it's a wild game just because of the amount of players on the map, and, you know, the, the way that, you know, you die, you, you, uh, you go to the gulag, all that sort of stuff, which which is an interesting thing. It adds a lot of uh, kind of adrenaline to the game that I feel some other um, battle royales don't have. And not only that, but then when you get to the end, if you if you're lucky enough to survive to the end, and you look up and you see how small the circle is. And that uh-huh. there's still 30 players left. You're like, holy shit, this is about to get crazy. Um, and and it does. And, and it's it's just a wild, fun time. And um, I, I really enjoyed my time playing Warzone this year. I want to play a lot more of it. Um, especially since they've added a whole bunch of new stuff to it. And um, yeah, it's just something I really want to get back to. But I, I loved, loved everything that I played of it this year. Mm. All right. Oh, I think our number ones are the same. Maybe. D- Divinity Original Sin 2? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a real sicko choosing that, but, you know. <laughs> fuck the rules. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I-, I still think it does not matter what year you play this game. This is the best co-op experience you can ever have with someone. Um, and there's some great co-op experiences out there. You know, when, when it comes to shooters, Halo, Destiny, they really come to mind, everything. But, man, just the fact that you can play through this whole game and make choices and level up your characters and and and, and do all the, th- all of the things that you would be able to do playing single player, but you can include another person in there and share that experience with someone to, to you know, make those decisions, have those clutch battles uh, and, and all that. It's just, there's nothing like it. And it's just by far the best multiplayer experience I think you can have. Yeah, and so I, th- I think by being multiplayer, I think Divinity Original Sin 2 becomes a better game because yeah. at a certain point, if you're playing one of those games by yourself, it gets a little bit boring, and you get you get funneled into the same strategies again and again that you're that you you're fixated on. But when you have another player that you don't necessarily commute, communicate every single move to, uh, it you can come up with situations that are a lot more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think yeah. it's it's one of those things of like, I'm enjoying playing Wasteland Three with you right now, but it's the little things that that game, or the little things that Divinity does that Wasteland Three doesn't do that make Divinity just a far superior co-op experience in this genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. I I agree, and I. I'm I'm just happy that we were on the same wavelength here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that when I said no rules, that applied across all categories. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. All right. Well, th- this is a sign of things to come. Uh, what is this? 2016. 20. 2017. 2017's Divinity Original Sin Two is 2020's <laughs> multiplayer game of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. I I love it. None okay. of us had Fall Guys though. So Tyler, shut the. Fuck. <laughs> I I thought we agreed. I thought there was a silent agreement not to mention that game, but mm. you had to bring it up. Yeah, I did. I did. Ah, uh, well, on to disappointments. The disappointment of 2020. Uh, let me find my tab here where I put mine. So I have four things down here. I can't really think of a fifth. Uh, how many do you have? I have three. No, oh, you have three, so... All right. So, I guess yeah, I'll start it, this off again. Uh, it, my number my number four is Trackmania. Okay. Uh, Ubisoft put out a new Trackmania. I I thought this was my time to get into Trackmania, Tyler. I, I thought it was. And then it turns out that... All the good Trackmania tracks are in the old Trackmania, and they didn't really do the work to import all those, which I'm not sure how much work that is, because a lot of the pieces are in uh, the new Trackmania. But yeah, we we don't get any more Star Wars Metallica yet <laughs> in Trackmania. We don't have any of that. Well, maybe, maybe that stuff has become a, a thing now, like since I've dropped it. And maybe if I go back, I won't be so disappointed. But, like, right away, it was like, oh, we have all these tracks made by the developer. And then not much else. Uh, because it, t- it takes time for people to create that kind of stuff. Gotcha. I- isn't this game, like, uh, subscription-based? Yes, it is. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's fine, but, like... Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting some more wild shit than I saw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three, and I think this could be my number one, but I just did not play enough of it, but my number three is Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Um, I think if if I put more time into it, and I, you know, I just decided to wait, you know. This game probably, if I finished it, could maybe also be in my top ten. Who the fuck knows? Uh, it's such a strange game, but I think, you know, after all the hype that this game had to it to release in not a great state, definitely on base consoles, but even running the PS4 version on a PS5, having it crash, having all these visual glitches to just really take you out of the experience. You know, CD Projekt Red built this huge detailed world in this city, especially and they clearly want you to get immersed in it, and that could still happen, but when you see all these weird glitches and cars just flying everywhere, and 
and uh, NPCs just walking through doors. It really just it takes you out of the experience. And then also just um, the very overcluttered map uh, is kind of ridiculous. The things that you thought the game were going to do well, such as you know maybe driving or her movement feels a little weird. Um, it just it's a game that I just I don't know I, if if you would have told me at this time last year that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven would have been a disappointment I would have been like you're crazy but here we are mm. here we are indeed um, so my number three is Wasteland three oh shit wow. And this isn't to say I think the game is bad. I'm just disappointed with how many bugs we've run into and yeah. how it has not improved at all throughout the time we've been playing it. Right. It's just a real bummer, man, especially when you when you lose all that progress because the game doesn't work like Divinity does. It doesn't, like, if you lose connection in a multiplayer session, the whole session is fucked and the host can't even keep it alive. And it's, yeah, it... I just don't... The whole experience of the Wasteland 3's multiplayer just isn't what I wanted. Yeah, I I can totally see that because it is frustrating because when the game works, it's it's a blast. But but even just some of the smaller bugs that I feel like they fixed, I haven't really had them recently, of just uh, text being stuck on the screen... Uh, that that just totally ruins your experience in a battle because, you know, the text blurb that pops up that an enemy was shouting out is stuck on your screen, and no matter how you move the camera, it's there. So you, so sometimes it's legitimately blocking things that you need to see. Um, and just, I don't know, just little things that, that yeah, are just frustrating. The, the fact that I feel like we have ended our sessions of Wasteland 3 because the game is bugged out more often than, you know, we, we just, you know, ran out of time or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just calling it quits. Um, that stuff's just really frustrating. So I can totally get you there. Yeah. Yeah, I... See, we're... This is one I think could turn around if they fix some of the stuff, but I... I also think that just the way that it's built, I don't think they're going to get around to making the making the multiplayer uh, experience better in the way that we need it to be better. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that, what, this game came out in August, at the end of August, and they haven't really fixed a lot of it, mm-hmm. they're not going to. So, um, My number two is Doom Eternal. Oh, okay. Um. Once again, kind of like with Wasteland, not saying Doom Eternal is a bad game. I enjoyed a lot of what I played with it, but uh, I think the game's just too long. It's too overstuffed with with just different abilities that just really don't do much for you. And, and, and the game's just it's just a little too overcomplicated. Um, the story didn't grab me as much. Um, in, in some of the combat encounters I found just to be really frustrating and to go on way too long. Some of the boss fights, especially at the end, were way too long and frustrating. Um, but there's a, you know, there's a lot of great moments in the game, too. Um, but, but I think compared to 
how tight and amazing of an experience Doom 2016 was. Doom Eternal's just a little, a little bit disappointing, I think. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, my number two is Minecraft Dungeons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Minecraft Dungeons was supposed to be like this Diablo-like Minecraft game. But the thing about it is it doesn't have nearly as much variety as Diablo has at all. Like, it is very, very stripped down to the point where, like, I'm not sure if this was meant to be a Minecraft game to begin with. Yeah. Um, because why would you attach Minecraft to this to, to this video game? Because it's it's not very good. Um, it, yeah, just like everything from like you know, there aren't any character classes. You basically change the way you play through your equipment, but there isn't all that much equipment. <laughs> like there there aren't that many different kinds of builds. At least not from what I've seen in like the what ten hours I've played. Um, it's just kind of dull. Yeah. You know, I totally agree with everything you said. And <laughs> I think also this game is so forgettable, um, that I totally forgot about it. So I'm going to make that my number four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just frustrating. And also the, the final boss is just ridiculous. Like yeah. just so... I just I hate when games have such a crazy difficulty spike at the end, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what Minecraft Dungeons has. Yeah. Oh. All right. My Why number... was it a Minecraft game? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't get it. And, and the fact too, there isn't no like creation aspect of it. You know what Minecraft's really known for? It's just I don't know. It's just weird. I would have um, rather had a Minecraft Warriors Musso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you might be able to guess what my number one is, but my number one is Marvel's Avengers. Oh, okay. Crystal See, Dynamics. I, I can't pick that game because I didn't even play it. Yeah. I think this game's just really bad. And and I kind of said before, I kind of hate that I played this game and just like... There's, I don't know how much time I spent with it, maybe 15 hours or something just down the toilet. Um, is there cool moments? Sure. You know, the story's fine. Um, there's something to build on there uh, with the story and, and the different characters. And, and there was a couple really cool moments. But otherwise, like, this game's just, it's just bad. Like, the the progression's bad. The loot is meaningless. The skills are meaningless. The combat just doesn't really click like it should. Um, you know, playing certain characters just totally sucks. Like, I, I hate playing Iron Man or Hulk or anything like that because they just don't feel good to play. Um, the environments are are just kind of boring and recycled, and, and it's and it's just kind of weird. Like, you're just fighting robots. You're... You're in a weird... You're just in a typical kind of factory. You're in out in the desert somewhere. And it's just kind of uninspired sort of stuff. Then you throw in, like, weird monetization on top of that with each character getting its own battle pass. A really super grindy endgame for what? Like, what are you going for? Skins? Whatever? Okay, fine. But it's just... I don't know. I just think... 
this game, when you say Marvel's Avengers and Crystal Dynamics is making it, that just seems like a great match. But because of them trying to make it this live service game, something that Crystal just doesn't do, you know, they, they make great single player action adventure games. It just doesn't work out. And it's just, it's just frustrating. Um, you know, because I just feel like this game should have been great. And, and the fact that we've gotten great superhero games recently with the Batman games or the Spider-Man games, um, you know, this, this game should have been good. And it's not <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, uh, Well, my number one is Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, this is for a couple of reasons. A, I think the game is... Well, it is known that the game is buggy as fuck and is hardly functional on consoles. And B, I think... I don't think I particularly like the game that's in there either. Um, it's kind of a... It's kind of a bad Fallout, I think. Mm. It's, it's a bad Fallout game. Uh, it's... You know, it's... Yeah, and just on top of all the things around Cyberpunk 2077 has just culminated in the biggest disappointment. Just seeing, like, how they how they treated their workers and, like, all the delays meaning pretty much, like, what the fuck were they going to put out? Like, mm-hmm. what do they think is acceptable anymore? I, it, it was just really disappointing, especially, like, knowing what The Witcher 3 was. Just thinking that, oh... They'll, they'll be able to put out something that's that's kind of that maybe maybe not be as good as that but like Witcher 3 would like it was buggy but it was it was functional like I I didn't know like I don't remember the Witcher 3 just like crashing all the time for people no and I I, I don't and to the degree like you see these non-crashing bugs all the time like so just the most bizarre shit like it it just seems like Cyberpunk 2077 like <laughs> needed at least another year. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it just sucks for that team who like worked their asses off for so long. Like it, it and it just doesn't come together. It like I I don't think a lot of the pieces of the game come together. You, you can see like you can see just on the surface like. There are all these different systems that don't at don't talk to each other very much, at all, and yeah, it just Cyberpunk 2077 is kind of like a victim of its ambition in a in a way. Yeah. But even like I feel like that ambition, it it was limited into like let's see how much shit we can put in this game, not how good that shit can be. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, yeah. That's yeah, that yeah, you made some great points there. Um, I think this cyberpunk easily takes cake for this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, if I played it more, I might have had it number number one. So, I think it easily takes the cake. Yeah, I mean, just like the outwardly racist shit in there too, and um, from accounts of people I trust, just the transphobic shit as well. I I can't really speak on it myself, but a lot of people in the circles that I talk to about games, yeah, it's 
there are, there are a lot of messes beyond the bugginess in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm also disappointed Marvel's Avengers sold so much. So many people <laughs> played that bad video game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Well, damn. I guess we could move on. Yeah. I mean, we we know from that conversation Cyberpunk will not win the Technical Achievement Award. <laughs> it is certainly not a technical achievement. No, definitely not. Um, I wish it was, but it is not. For that, for it to even qualify, I think it has to be a functional video game. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I have five games on this list, actually. For technical achievement? Yeah. Okay. I only have two that I can think oh. of. Well, Art. you know what? I'm, no, I have three. I have three. Now that I'm thinking All about right. it. All right. But... Yeah, I'm sure you'll probably bring some shit up that'll make me go, damn it, I sh- why didn't I think of that? But, yeah, why don't you get started? I, alright, so my number five is F1 2020. Mm. And not, not because it's a good-looking video game, and the racing is good, the driving's good, but because they made the Hanoi Street Circuit. A circuit that is not complete, and F1 may never race on, but they somehow managed to put that in the video game. Yeah, that that is interesting. And, and yeah, I can, I can see F1 definitely being on here. Because um, not only that, but, like, the game just feels so fucking good to play. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. But I just, I just think it's bonkers how they managed to create a track that isn't necessarily, like, finished yet it's it's a street circuit so mm-hmm. the what they're actually building for the hanoi street circuit is a lot of uh like i guess safety things uh to make sh- like i'm not sure exactly how street circuits are built but like the roads are there i believe um yeah at least the racing surfaces are there and like it's just bizarre to me that they were able to like recreate that like it, yeah, a, a track that we may never see. Yeah. It is fascinating. And, I mean, you look at the actual F1 calendar for next year, they have a TBC where that Vietnam Grand Prix probably should be. And it might not happen. No. It, <laughs> it, it is a very strong po- possibility that, like, it just won't happen. And how weird would that be that, like, the only F1 experience on the Hanoi Street Circuit will be in this video game that managed to create that circuit before it was really finished. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Alright. Oh, so you said you only have three, right? Yeah, yeah, so hit me with your number four. Number four, I mean, uh, you go over it quick, it's Call of Duty Warzone. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they did the Call of Duty Battle Royale again, but I think they did it better this time. I think it plays better than Blackout. Oh, um, yeah. By a mile. And it's just a bigger game than Blackout, too. Like, those maps are fucking huge. Like, a lot bigger than Blackout, I think. Yeah. It feels that way. And uh, I think a lot of the map, like, the details on the map, it's just, it's so dense in, in, uh, in Warzone. Like, there's so much, like, 
so much there, especially in the city parts of the map. Like it, they, they did a really good job with that Call of Duty Warzone map. Yeah, not only that too, like with the density, but like there's verticality to it. Like there's yeah. so many buildings you can go inside of to get, you know, good good vantage points and all that stuff. It's it's pretty wild. And I'm glad they did like the goofy video game thing where like your backpack just has infinite parachutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. All right, my number three is just The Last of Us Part Two. Um, okay. I think just, yeah, it's a single player, you know, action adventure game. But the the amount of detail that is in this world is stunning. And there's nothing like it in its genre. And in the fact that it it runs pretty well and and like when it, when it comes to the detail and the environments like nothing is repeated and and everything feels so unique and and that you know there's a story there and you know the naughty dog has created detail environments in the past and and i just think they took it to a whole nother level of immersion uh with this game and i think that in and of itself like anyone any team making a game in this genre i think has a lot to live up to in terms of uh making a a living world like that to me yeah yeah it's on my list here a little bit higher but yeah i i agree with you Mm -hmm. uh my number three tyler just you want to be sitting down for this one. All right, Star right. Wars Squadrons. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! So right. I've already told you that maybe my favorite part of Star Wars are the ships. I believe I've said this before. Mm-hmm. God damn, those ships are good in this game, <laughs> and they sound good. It is just, it is so, like, it is the probably my favorite Star Wars product. And uh, a lot of that is down to just how, like, the ships move and feel and, like, how dogfights work in that game. And just, like, the way that that these battles, like, are kind of hectic, but you can kind of find, like, you can find your groove in them. It really feels like you're you're in a space battle when you're playing Star Wars Squadrons. Maybe some of that is helped by the fact that I'm playing with a special controller. Uh, maybe maybe that hands-on bit there is is part of it, but I, I just really like how this game feels. Uh, like I really love how it sounds. It it's it is immaculate how this game sounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That that's the one thing about these EA Star Wars games is, you know, say what you want about the quality of them potentially, but in terms of looks and sound. They have absolutely nailed them, all of them. So, and, and plus, yeah, did, did you mention uh, the game's playable in VR? Oh, yes. I, yeah. I, well, I didn't mention it, but yes, it is a, you can play Star Wars Squadrons in VR. Yeah. Uh, I have not, but I. That that sounds like a really fun time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that in and of itself should be celebrated. I, th- I think it's really cool when uh, AAA games do that sort of thing. Like, here's a really good game 
But hey, if you have VR, it can be a totally almost brand new game for you. Yeah. Oh, what's your uh, number two, buddy? My number two is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, for a couple reasons. One, you know, th- this is an open world game that is so stunning to look at. And they really brought it to life with just little little things of like how the wind flows. Obviously, wind's a big part of the game. But, you know, seeing just all the, the grass and the trees flow and in, in, in kind of to get that to really pop is really incredible. But then also to have this game on a PlayStation 4 run very well, to have the load times be down to seconds to where it it almost feels like a next-gen experience with how quick the game loads. Um, You know, on a PS4, no other developer making an open-world game achieved that. And I, I think that should definitely be... Uh, like Sucker Punch deserves a massive shout out for that with, with just how amazing that is I mean you die you're right back at it and and I, I, I think it's just kind of stunning that they created a world that is so vibrant and enlarged too and then you know made it run and perform pretty well and load quickly and, and all that stuff so um, gets me excited about next gen you know of what what can happen there too you know pretty consistently but i think that should be celebrated yeah see i i might not have um i might not have reaped that those benefits so much on my launch ps4 um Mm -hmm. maybe i i mean i haven't really Maybe it's a thing where I didn't notice the load times there, whereas I'm starting to really notice load times in other games. Yeah, right. Uh, so all right, so my, my number two is The Last of Us Part Two, uh, For a lot of the reasons you've mentioned, uh, I also think it is uh, it is nice that they try, they broke out of their mold a little bit and added, like, an open, open-ish world area. Mm-hmm. Um and just like you can there's there's a lot to do out there there's a lot to see there there's a lot of stuff i i'm sure i missed in that open world section like it's, it seems like there are a lot of uh, cool moments um you can have like that that are totally missable but they they uh, put them in there anyway um yeah it i also see i might be a sound pervert uh that that's what i'm learning about myself as we do this I think this game sounds are really good as well, oh, especially yeah. when you're trying to sneak around. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's good. And then that open world section, I mean, they kept that same amount of detail in it too mm-hmm. that they had in, in the more narrow or more linear sections. So yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, my number one is Astro's Playroom. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, and I, I know it's a little difficult to maybe, dis- you know, to talk about this one because it, you have to experience, you have to experience that controller playing this game. But it is fucking mind-blowing when you're playing it in so many different locations, in so many different spots and all these levels of, like, wow, this is what this controller can do. 
This is, if developers utilize it, especially on the first party side, you know, this is something that could really take games to another level, really make them more unique. You know, the you know the the controller simulating your footsteps, or when you're and you can tell when you're on different surfaces if you're on just a regular floor than ice. Uh, you simulating raindrops, um, utilizing some of the motion stuff. I don't like motion stuff, but it is pretty pretty wild to use those haptic triggers as. Uh, basically like a spring or something. So the more you pull it down, the harder it gets. And, and then to utilize it in that way, um, to utilize it for climbing in a really cool way. Of um, If you press down too hard uh, to move one of your arms to grab a ledge, um, you might slip or the ledge might break or something like that. It's, it's impressive. It's just totally impressive and I think really showcases what next gen could be um and i just really hope and kind of can't wait for other developers to really utilize this controller uh like like the team did on astro's playroom yeah yeah i see i almost forgot about that because i still don't believe the playstation 5 is real <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I have like a prototype so oh yeah mm mm-hmm. Might yeah, not be that's, real. that's what that's what we're running with. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, I'm going to be a bastard again, Tyler. Okay. My my number one is Crusader Kings three. Hmm. Okay. And you look at Crusader Kings three on the surface, and you're like, okay, it doesn't look particularly great. Like it it looks functional, but the thing about Crusader Kings three is that there are so many characters in that game that it is simulating for at once it just blows my mind like anywhere from like a king to some lowly Cortesian in in all of all of Europe some of Asia and northern Africa it is just simulating all of these characters their families in all this all this political interaction in a simulation and it makes it feel like it's it's kind of real it, it makes it well, not real, but like in an alternate reality sort of way. Like this is a way that history could have gone, and it's it's just amazing to me that they're able to do that with like with such a vast just the sheer amount of people that it has to take take into account for that simulation to work. It, it's really astonishing. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty wild. Yeah, but I'm. <laughs> See, I'm willing to hand it to you because you're living in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, a lot of that controller stuff sounds really fucking neat, and I I really wish that I could get my hands on a PlayStation 5. See, I mean, anyone can play Crusader Kings 3. I mean, if you have a decent enough processor. Uh, but almost nobody can play Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Damn PlayStation Five. God. Yeah, it's it's what's what's kind of difficult to talk about it, but it, it's just I don't know. It's a mind blowing experience when you when you play it. So Astro's right. Playroom, the yeah. winner. All right, this one's gonna be fun. Best moment slash sequence. So you say it's gonna be fun. 
Uh, this is one of those categories. I didn't really make a list for it. It's kind of coming off the top of my head right now because I I kind of neglected it on my personal list here for, for unknown reasons. I don't know why. It's But I do have some things that are coming to mind right away. And I can think of three. I have ten. Fuck. <laughs> or no, Fuck. I, Maybe... I, have, I have nine, sorry. All right, Let, let's... List. But right, so... I can easily just pare it down. Um, I have mine numbered, actually. So. Well, maybe hmm, maybe you start s- saying some of these, and I will, uh, I will just quietly add them to my list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'll just start... Um... Yeah, because somehow my numbering got all fucked up. But um, I'll just start at number nine. Um, I'm just going to say wiping out uh, Denver in this whole Ronald Reagan cult in Wasteland 3 um, is is a moment that I think was really wild uh, this year playing, playing games. And I don't know, just the fact that, you know, we... We're playing Wasteland 3 pretty chaotic, and that chaos, I just feel, who knows where it can still go, but it really hit its peak so far with this whole camp in Denver, and I mean, just wiping out literally everyone in this camp was was wild, and the, and the music that's playing on top of it, and uh, what, what, a, what a moment, it, it's... It's one one of those moments playing video games where you're being murderous with a smile on your face and you're laughing uh-huh. and you're like, this is kind of fucked up, but man, I'm having a damn good time. Yeah. So. All right, so I I have come up with uh, four so so far, so so that's that's okay. where I'll jump in here. I'll just jot this down for you. Um. So then at number nine, and who knows where else this could go, because I'm fairly close to finishing this game, actually, but wanted to give a shout-out to the moment that so far has really stood out to me, and that's the Wellspring Glade in Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Um, this game is just phenomenal, and I've, I've played a lot of this game this past week. And uh, the Wellspring Glade is really cool because you are going through multiple areas and you're going through kind of some interior spaces too which is a little bit different so it really kind of when you look at it on the on the overall map it doesn't seem that big but then it really expands it um and then just what it does for the story and and just restoring uh life back to this area is just it's an amazing feeling the game kind of has it, the game's very emotional in so many ways, and this was a, a positive uh, thing in this game, and, and I just I really really enjoyed it. Um, so I'll just... All right, so then my next one would be the ending of Crash Four. It's about time. Um, so some spoilers. Yeah, I guess we should have said that at the top of this podcast. Spoilers. Um, not only is the last level and last boss fight in this game so fucking hard when you beat it, you're just like, oh my god, I cannot believe I did that. But the the kind of stinger at the end is that through 
the time and, and everything with this game, they have literally wiped out all the Crash games except Crash 1, 2, and 3 out of existence in the timeline of Crash 4. Um, so literally Crash 4 is a continuation now of Crash 3, and they got rid of like all those really bad Crash games. And it's just something that I think is kind of fun, and, and, and the whole ending in that game was was just wild. Um, very memorable to me. All right. Uh, this next one, Frank's going to make you very happy. Oh, okay. All right. I just put down fighting and defeating Hades in Hades. Wow! Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, I think the boss fight before Hades is the hardest one. You've yes, mentioned that before. It where is. Where you're fighting um, the two dudes. I'm blanking on the names Theseus right and the bull, uh, yes. bull of Minos. Yes, yes, yes. So, that one is definitely the hardest one but fighting Hades is so just adrenaline filled and epic and dude so I sat down a couple nights ago and I'm like I'm finishing this fucking game before we do this podcast because I know uh, you know I know this game's up there for me but I, I need to finish a run of it at least one and I got to Hades literally three times in a row and had him down to a quarter health every single time. And I'm like, fuck, I got this. I got this. And it was literally 2.30 in the morning, and I'm just playing this game. I'm, I'm like, I am finishing this fucking game. I'm feeling it. And I get to Hades, and it's just to a point where I'm just, like, getting to Hades, like, really, really well. It's awesome. And I get there. And I, I'm like whooping his ass, dude. It, it was it was fucking satisfying. Mm-hmm. And then he's then you finish it, and you're like, oh my god, yes, I did it. And then he's like, no, fuck you, fuck this. And then he becomes like a, way more of a badass. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and I'm like, that, you, you oh, hear that music no. cue? You, yeah, you start to hear the music cue, and you're like, no, don't you, you motherfucker? Yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, definitely. And then all these different attacks that he uses and. It, and, and, the, and you basically have to take down the entire health bar again. And you're like, oh my god, I cannot believe this. Um, and and I, I felt like I barely made it through. But man, it was it was so amazing. And, and I, I really, really liked it a lot. Um, Alright. So... Alright, so I just have one more here. I think this the standing shout out moment from this game is this moment. So in Doom Eternal, when you right. are fighting your way to a cannon to shoot yourself through Mars. Yes. It's yeah. so fucking awesome. <laughs> and it's just a moment where you're like, yes, this is amazing, and this is Doom, and this is exactly what I want from this game. Just completely ridiculous stuff. I loved everything leading up to that. Like, those environments were really fun to fight in, because you're kind of jumping all over the place. Um, kind of different levels. and um, it, was, it was so cool. It's just one of those things of, like, I just can't believe that just happened, but it's Doom, and it's it's fucking awesome. So, 
So yeah. All right. So my number four comes from Ghost of Tsushima. And I guess it's kind of the turning point of the game in a way. It's when he goes against uh, Uncle Shimura's orders and goes over and poisons the entire Mongol fort and they all choke in their own blood. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I fucking loved it. It's like, fuck you. This is war. We're going to fucking do it this way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a real turning point. That's where that's where I thought the game started to get good and interesting. Yeah, that, that was a fantastic moment. Shout out to that moment. Um, I actually don't have anything from Ghost on, on the list, but that would be up there. Also, the moment where you learn kind of the, um, damn, what's it called? Like you, that rage ability that you can have. Oh, yeah, the ghost stance. Yeah, and you just are slaughtering dudes left and right. Like that moment was pretty powerful too. Yeah. Uh, my next one is, and, and spoilers, and I don't know if you've ever finished it or not, but the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Go ahead and spoil it. Um, the ending of this game is, is wild, and as someone who did not play Final Fantasy VII, the original, I was deeply confused. But then okay. reading more about it, I'm like, okay, this is really fascinating. Um, so the final boss fight's really, really amazing. You fight Sephiroth, and it's incredibly fucking epic. The music's blaring, and and it, it was kind of tough, honestly. And, and, and all, and you kind of start alone, and then then your your party starts to join you, and all this stuff. And um, it, it's really cool. But then at the end of the game, they introduce Zack. Into oh. the timeline, huh. which I never heard of him at all, and so read. So, at, like, literally, I'm watching this. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know. Of course, I was confused. So then I had to read about. It. I'm like, "Okay, this is really interesting because of who Zach is, his relation to Cloud, and where that could go." But then also, what's interesting is Sephiroth kind of acts like he knows what's going to happen or what has happened almost like he knew he knows what happened in the first game in the original game so it's mm. almost like this could potentially be a a sequel in a way like it's That's it's weird yeah it's really weird and it's really wild and and yeah at the time i, I was i was confused after that fight but reading more about it, i'm like wow this is Really, really interesting, and I'm really uh, curious to see where this goes with the next part. So, all right, uh, let's see. So, my comes uh, from Hades as well, and it's very similar. Uh, let me just—I'm I'm typing up. All right, so mine is. So I did a run in Hades with a secret aspect. You know about the aspects to the weapons by now, right? Yes, yep. With a secret aspect to the gun. Yes, there's a gun in Hades Ooh, okay. that turns it into a laser. Oh. 
And my <laughs> moment from my number three moment of the year is escaping Hades by shooting my dad with a laser. <laughs> ah, yeah. I love it. I just love that you can say that in a video game, that you shot your dad with a laser. <laughs> it is fucking awesome. Like, it's, it's the aspect of Lucifer. So it's... Uh, man. It just looks so cool because... <laughs> You're shooting, you're shooting your dad with a laser. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but also, like, a lot of the story about escaping from Hades as well, and that you have to do it multiple times, like, just uh, when you get to, like, the end of that is also, like, really, really good. Uh, so actually, maybe, hmm, this is a spoiler because you haven't gotten down to it. Let's say, let's just say uh, the first credit... Wait, did you get credits after your first run of Hades? Because no. I don't think you do. Okay, no, so first, first credits of Hades. Because, uh, yeah, you have to do multiple runs for that to trigger. Um, and that is a really cool moment. Alright. Cool. There are a lot of cool things that happen while you're playing Hades. <laughs> yeah. I think even... After that very first run, when you meet your mother, yes, for the first time, that that's a really, really cool moment too. Also, just completely stunning visually. Um, so my next one is uh, from the Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I think there's a lot of moments I could have chose from this game, but I'm going to choose the whole kind of astronaut sequence uh, in the, in that museum on Ellie's birthday. Um, I think this is kind of a really standout moment. It shows where Ellie and Joel's relationship was, and then you also know where it is currently at, um, too. And, and it just shows kind of their their bond and their love for each other um, and how much Joel really cares about Ellie as, as basically his daughter um, and th- that they had such a... An amazing moment there uh, on her birthday, you know, putting the helmets on, giving her that tape, and, and it's it's just such a such an amazing moment. And then going through that whole museum was really cool too. Lots of really cool dialogue, and um, I think that's probably the standout moment for me. Mm. For All right. that game. Yeah, yeah. It... There were a lot of moments in The Last of Us too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them better than others, I will say. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so my number two comes from Yakuza 7. All right. And I'm not sure how much I want to talk about it, because you, you say you're going to plan on playing it? I am, yeah. I am. All right. Well... It's when you find out who Ichiban's dad really is. Okay. And um, also subsequent to that, him confronting uh, who confronting someone else who also thinks that Ichiban's, Ichiban's real father is their father, and it's not the case. And just like, oh, man. Uh, so, hmm. All right. So the Ichiban dad reveal... That's a great sentence. Um, is is part of it, but also like his scenes towards the end of the game with uh, uh, Rio Aoki, also known as uh, 
Masato Arakawa. Um, basically, like, just just kind of like the final moments of their of their relationship. Um, really good. Uh, just, just um, Ichiban kind of trying to reach out to uh, to this man who he considers a brother and has always treated like always treated him like shit kind of but like just that brotherly love like trying to him trying to use that to pull them through uh so yeah it's yeah it, it's just very strong i think the story in yakuza 7 is it gets to some really goofy parts even in the main stuff but like it's it's a really powerful story that I don't think really works in other like in other video games that you're not expecting this from because Yakuza has kind of built this reputation of having these stories that have some serious subtexts and like also being goofy when they want to. Mm, gotcha. Awesome. Those other fucking moments like you fight a crane, you fight a fucking. You fight a crane, you fight a wrecking ball in this game. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to play it. <clears throat> All right, my number two, and I will try to. Ex- yeah, I'll just try not to spoil it because I know you will eventually play this game, and I don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, but it is the ending of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um. There is some very interesting, complicated relationships in this game that kind of boil to a head at the end of the game. And so the final boss fight is really wild, um, kind of tough as well. Um, But there's so much kind of emotion in it. And then the sequences that follow once you finish it are quite stunning and honestly brought a, a tear to my eye. And, and it's such a amazing, powerful story. And, and so it's just one that, that uh, you know, without spoiling it, uh, is definitely my favorite moment of a 2020 video game. So... Mm. That's that's all I'll say there. I, I don't yeah. want to spoil it too much because I, 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 I want you to experience it someday. All right. Hmm. So my number one comes from Divinity Original Sin 2. Mine does as well. I'm curious uh, so there, what there yours couple, is. There are a couple of things I could have done. It It could have been like Fane going to the Bone Zone or going to the Bone Zone with Fane or... <laughs> Any of that, but uh, for me, it was it was that it was obviously that last fight and just yeah. how that ended up, like how yeah. how I, I mean, it's a little humble brag, but how I managed to pull that out of my ass. Yeah, because it was not looking good. One character left with like less than half health. Like I was pretty low on health. I, I'm not sure how much, but it wasn't it wasn't looking good. It wasn't good at all. Uh. <laughs> But, like, just finding a sequence of moves to kill that, I guess, it was a dragon, I guess? Yep. But it was a dragon that came out of, uh, what was her name? Dallas? Dallas, yes. Yeah. Like, 
it like when you think it's it's another one of those uh kind of similar to Hades where you think you beat the final boss but then another fucking boss shows up yeah and and it was like I'm not gonna lie when I saw that happen I was I I I kind of felt really bad because I was like we're gonna have to fucking do this again aren't we I know it was one of those things too where I remember we kind of ignored her because she wasn't really doing anything uh huh and and then it was kind of coming back to bite us once we defeated the the actual dude we needed to defeat and yeah I mean it's maybe kind of a I'm trying to think of the word like not everybody's going to experience that ending the way we did that makes mm-hmm. it so memorable and exciting but I will say it doesn't matter how it ends for anyone. That ending is really exciting. And the fact that it's split basically into two fights, You, the first one is kind of tough, but the music is kind of is interesting. The sound is really interesting too. Um, and, and, it's, and it feels epic. And then it just goes to a completely another level of epicness after yeah. that. In, in the story implications and, and all sorts of stuff. It was so... It's such an exciting ending to a game. And with a game that has so many exciting moments leading up to it. And, and the fact that it just ended with, with just a massive exclamation point. Just makes it that much more perfect. Yeah. But that, that, that ending was just... Oh, yeah. It the was the ending... Yeah, the way we experienced it was, was one of the most bonkers things I've ever experienced in a video game. Creating a summon not to actually do anything except be a distraction so I could go heal myself real quick. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh. Because, too, I remember as well, it was looking pretty okay for us. Uh, uh-huh. I think we had two other characters alive... And then it was like, okay, it's just her. And then I remember I got wiped out, like, so fast. Like, I was in, like, really good condition and then just done immediately. And, yeah, it's I'm it glad I made meat so meaty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that, I, was, that, was, that was some yeah. real mid-max thing that I did with meat. Yeah, definitely. I may have also bought the first game on a Steam sale. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That... that, that that world's just it's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely right. the moment of the year though. Yes, absolutely. For us, yes. The ending the ending of Divinity Original Sin 2. The twenty twenty moment slash sequence of the year. Yeah. Great. I love it. I love what that says about this podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, the next category is style. Um, I have five games on this list, although I could have expanded it, but I trimmed it to five. Yeah, I have four. Okay. Uh, Then I'll just throw out my fifth here real quick. Uh, Genshin Impact, the anime gotcha game that's kind of cribbing a little bit of Breath of the Wild style. Uh, It looks good, man. It (laughs) It is a very good-looking video game. It has a lot of, it has a lot of style with all the different characters you can pay money to maybe get. Uh, 
Uh, all the different areas in the world have a distinct style to them as well. There's, it's, it's a very, very good-looking video game, and uh, I just kind of wish it wasn't a little bit predatory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does look very good, though. That that art style is great. Uh, my number four, you know, I, I had to throw it on here because I think the game still just has a lot of style, even though it is a sequel. But I have Doom Eternal. Okay. Um, you know, they, they made things bloodier, gorier, you know, just, and then also just kind of the different art styles that they had for some of these environments were really, really stunning at times and just very cool. And, uh, you know, of course the, the movement and everything really adds to that, the, the combat flow at getting a grappling hook and, and all that really add to that style of the game. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a great game with with a lot of style. All right. Well then, my number four is Yakuza Seven. And uh, again, this isn't necessarily because of the way the game looks. I like some of the choices they've made, especially around like move sets in the game. A lot of the uh, high level move sets for a lot of the character classes in Yakuza Seven. Or just straight up professional wrestling moves, and I love that. <laughs> it is it is so good. Um, I mean, Yakuza has always had kind of a really cool style, especially like just the way they present the game. Like you know the Yakuza font when you see it. <laughs> you know what it means when they when it pops up, and it's like uh, what um, bad dudes or something like that. You're like, <laughs> oh, this is a fight with some bad dudes. Yeah. Um, but also, like, the way they kind of incorporated Ichiban as a character in his mindset. Like, uh, all these enemies, like, you see him out in the world and they're just walking around. And, like, in another Yakuza games, they just, they just, th those are the dudes you fight. But when, in Yakuza 7, when you're with uh, Ichiban here, those enemies, like, transform a little bit to look even more, like, grotesque bad people. And you keep a catalog of these bad people in this thing called a Suji Dex, which is just like, it's a Pokedex for bad dudes. And uh, one of those bad dudes I neglected to tell you. It's, you're going to probably sigh. It's, it's a guy who's looped up with a pool inflatable. <laughs> what? And the highest tier of these, because it's a JRPG and they do enemies as tiers, is a porno pharaoh. <laughs> Wow. That's crazy. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it is, Yakuza 7 is a very stylish video game, and it, and it goes beyond just, like, the art art style as well. It's just some stylistic choices they've made with the game. It's good. Yeah. All right. My next one is Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, that's also my number three. Huh. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think this game not only is it is it visually stunning. There's a lot of color to it, which I feel like just feels kind of refreshing with an open world game uh, like this. And but then you know I think the fighting looks good, uh, feels good, um, and in just the overall kind of movement, uh, I think works really well for it and. And, yeah, it's just a... 
I think when it comes to open world action games, I think this game is one of the best in terms of uh, having some style to it. Mm. Yeah, I I also enjoy a lot of the open world stuff. One of the things that kind of kicked it up to me is that ghost stance and how like how they incorporate uh, a little bit of black and white in there uh, with like the really bold red when you slash through enemies in the ghost stance. It's yeah, it has a lot of style in that way. I mean, it's. I mean, we'll talk about it later. It's a different category in itself, but the the music goes pretty well with the game as well. I like how they've done the open world, although, like, I mean, the fox stands and following the bird are, like, kind of ways they've kind of gotten around some of the other things that other open world games do, as well as, like, following the wind rather than just a marker. Mm -hmm. It's a cool choice they've made. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, my number two is Ori in the Will of the Wisp. Um, this game is very stunning visually. Um, not only is there a lot of color, but the art style is just great. In the first game, had a great look to it, but there are locations in this game so far, and I'm, I'm close to finishing it, but there are, there are locations that have completely made my jaw drop. And I really didn't think that they could do that again after playing the first game. Um, to where it's just it is so immaculate what they have made. But then the game just... It feels so good to play to me. Like, I love the movement. I love the different abilities. I love how you can string... Uh, a bunch of different movements together in in the air uh, that that just feels really good. Combat also, which is so much better in this game, uh, feels good, looks good. Um, it, it just there's not really a game that I feel like looks like this, um, and it at least looks this good to me. And it's just it's awesome. Mm. All right, this. Has me thinking about like what this is going to turn into. So my number two is Hades, okay. and my number one is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, okay. So did we do the thing? We did the thing. Oh shit! Shit! All right. So um, why, why don't you tell me about about Hades and, and Ori? Uh, so Hades. I mean, Supergiant has always made. Very pretty video games. And, you know, Hades might not be their prettiest video game. I don't I don't think. I think that's Pyre. I think Pyre's a prettier video game than Hades. But Hades Ooh. definitely has its style. It does incorporate a lot of cool, like... It does Greek mythology, but it does its own... Like, it doesn't do the boring take that we've seen from every other game that does Greek mythology. Like, they've characterized the gods in in a much uh, broader way than than a lot of the a lot of other uh, video games have um and i i think a lot of the style in Hades comes down to the characterization of all, and just the the art behind all these very very uh, distinguishable characters and uh yeah it's it's just i i feel like a lot of this game just all of it connects and works together in a way that all of the style 
it's 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 great. I I love it. I I don't know what else to say. It's I I feel like every choice they've made with Hades was kind of the right one. Like with with regards to like how things look and and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ori like. I, I didn't play a lot of it, but I've seen a video of it. I've seen screenshots of it, and it, like, I just feel artistically it's, like, one of the prettiest things I've looked at. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I can't really speak to it outside of that. Like, then again, like, like I said, I didn't play a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, with Hades, it, 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 like, I like that art style that that they have that Supergiant has developed and I just think it it just looks so good in so many areas and um it but then it, it, to me it kind of comes down to feeling uh mm. I, I just think this game feels so amazing to play and especially when you got the right boons and you got the right weapon and everything's going your way and you are just slicing through dudes like like nothing and you're just bouncing all over the place. Those abilities look really good. They feel really good. Um, you know, when you when you have the right call or something, then you just you, you you activate that and you just rip through like four different guys. It's just man, it just it, it just. I think it's probably like the best feeling video game I've played in in 2020. Um, and yeah, on top of that, it, it looks great. The character art's great. Um, as well, you know, when you're in conversation, um, that's that's kind of it for me. I, I could honestly go either way with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's difficult because I think these two definitely are are the best in terms of style this year. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's. You know what? I think because it's the only category, it's going to win. We give this to Ori. Yeah. Even though that shouldn't really that. be the, that shouldn't be the deciding factor, but it fuck the rules. <laughs> no, I think it's totally deserved. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. it's it's kind of hard to uh, to separate these two. Like, it, it, like it, they're so very uh, similar in quality. I I think. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, cool. All right, on to well. I'm not sure. This one might be uh this might be controversial. I don't know. Favorite character of the year. Yeah, this one this one's tough. I've got five. I managed to whittle it down to one per game. So so I don't have any repeats from, from games. Yeah, I have five as well. Alright. I I'll start this one since you've been okay. starting a lot of these. Okay. Uh number five, I have Jesse Raspberry from Final Fantasy Seven remake. Okay. All right. So, the thing, that entire arc with her going and uh, going to that, I think it was a warehouse, that Shinra warehouse. Yep. That wasn't in uh, Final Fantasy VII at all. And hardly any characterization of Jesse was in the original Final Fantasy VII. And they've managed to create a character out of that. And, like, she's a really fucking cool character. And, like, it's... I don't know. I, I feel like they did a really good job of, like, making this minor character that 
some people remember, but like most people who played Final Fantasy VII don't really remember making it, it into a character that has one of one of my favorite sequences of the game so far. Uh, I think it's pretty rad. Yeah. That, that, that's a great pick. Um, my number five, I have Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. Um, I, w- I was going to laugh my ass off if your number one was Sephiroth. <laughs> no, for, no. <laughs> for... Uh, for 2020's character of the year to be Sephiroth would have been the most hilarious thing ever. But yeah, no, no. I mean, I think Sephiroth's cool, but um, he might I make just, it in when the rest of the game comes out. <laughs> right, exactly. Like I think when he's just involved way more because he just kind of shows up in this game at various times, and you kind of fight him at the end. But yeah, um, but I, I have Tifa, and and to me, out of the the party that you get, you know, Tifa Bear Cloud. Um, you know, and there's there's other characters too, like Jesse in, in, in Wedge. Um, but Tina was the one that kind of just stuck out the most to me. Not only is she, like, really fun to play, especially as you kind of get better gear for her and everything, and, and she kind of evolves in a really cool way to play as. Um, but I just liked her character. I liked that she felt kind of grounded in a way and and she kind of you know because you're trying to stop guys from doing bad things especially to the to the earth environment and all that stuff but you're kind of doing it certain things at the expense of of uh, other families and, and other people and I felt like Tina or Tifa kind of expressed that and and was kind of grounded and kind of brought a different view uh, to what was going on in the game and in the mission that you're on uh, where where Barrett's character is maybe more outrageous um, I felt like Tifa was was the other side of that and I really enjoyed her her in this story Hmm. all right You know, there, there's definitely an article out there of uh, what your favorite Final Fantasy VII remake character says about you. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that article exists, and I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. All right, my number four. Oh, shit. Damn it, why did I do that? Uh, it's from Divinity Original Sin 2, and it's our favorite bony boy, Fane. All right. Uh, Fane is great. His story arc, well, the choices we made uh his story arc was pretty tragic um but i just love fane fane was great he's he's this guy from a from he's an ancient and he's the only ancient person he's yeah it's it's kind of sad what happens to fane for us but i I just love love him he's he's great Mm -hmm. he's our favorite bony boy he is he is he sucked my source a little bit. Or I sucked his. <laughs> yeah. I forget which way that went around. <laughs> yeah. We did a little source sucking. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, my number four is Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I liked... It was kind of hard to pick a little bit from this game. Um, but I like I liked Jin a lot. And, and what I liked about him is that he was willing to save 
his people save the island and rid the island of, of the Mongols at any cost. And he understood and he understood the values that the samurai have, but clearly that wasn't really working and that led to the situation there and now and he's willing to break the code and go outside of it and do what what he feels is right. Um, and maybe he does some fucked up things like poisoning an entire camp or something like that or just slaughtering dudes. But I I, I, I just liked his character for kind of standing up and, and just doing what he thinks is right in order to to save a lot of other people and and stand up against his father uh, especially and to and have that relationship kind of uh, deteriorate and, and you know he really cares about him but he also really cares about his mission and and I, I like that a lot about him alright I didn't particularly like any of the characters in Ghost of Tsushima mm. to be honest I I don't know I like that game fine enough but the characters aren't what stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the opposite of that for me was The Last of Us Part Two, and uh, my favorite character from that was Abby. Wow, I have Abby at number three as well. Huh. So, t- I think they did a fantastic job of creating. The, uh, the opposite side of all the shit that fucking went down in at the end of The Last of Us 1. I, I think they did a great job of introducing a character that's dealing with the fallout from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Abby as a character just, like, struggling with, like, she got her revenge, but, like, what the, like, living after that, like, she kind of didn't really ha- like after getting the revenge trying to find a purpose trying to find a reason to go on after you've already gotten revenge for someone ruining your life um and then finding that and like protecting a child like it's there's like Abby went through a lot of shit <laughs> yeah arguably she went through more shit than uh, Ellie did yes and uh it's it's kind like I feel like uh, the Abby haters out there can fuck off. I'll go. I'll go golfing with Abby any day. <laughs> I would too. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying, and and I, I just find it really fascinating just seeing, you know, from various different outlets of like these are the best characters of of the year in video games. And them having Ellie over Abby. I'm like... And this is coming from someone who, who definitely likes Last of Us Part Two a lot. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, Abby's journey, Abby's story is so much better than Ellie's. And, and by the... And, and, you know, intentionally, Naughty Dog wants you to hate Abby at the beginning of the game. But then, by the end of it, I ended up liking Abby and her... her her story, her message, everything, way more than Ellie's. And and I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, 
going through with what she did and getting revenge and killing Joel and everything, but then finding that, you know, revenge kind of has no purpose for her in, in her life. Yeah, it's not satisfying. And then her relationship with Lev, I think, is is just amazing. And and I love that moment um, when you're on on the on the island and and you're trying to save Lev and um, and and what well, was Lev and his mom sister I think sister yeah right uh, and and Abby goes like no you are my people sort of thing just realizing that the people she was with aren't really that great. And that she finds that she really cares for, for for Lev and his sister. I think uh, it's just awesome, and then uh, her story is just fantastic. Yeah. All right, um, man. I don't know what your top two are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my number two comes from Hades, and his name is Zagreus. Mm-hmm. Uh. I feel like Zagreus is the perfect protagonist, really, for for this for this kind of game where like you have all these relationships with these other gods, and you you're not sure that you belong, and it's, there's just a lot of cool interactions that he has, and he drives through through uh, Hades. I feel that that I mean, there's a great cast of characters in Hades. I could have picked a lot of them, but I, I think Zagreus takes it for me, just based on how he. Uh, like, just how he talks to different people. Like he he definitely has different modes for like, oh, I'm talking, I'm talking to like the way he deals with like his relationship to Meg, versus like to how he just kind of kicks back with Dusa. It's like it like there's a lot of range with Zagreus there. You see a lot of different parts of who he is. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my number two. Is our, our favorite bony boy, Fane. Oh, okay. Um, oh! Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. What, what I, I think of Divinity, Original Sin 2, there's so many characters that are, are just excellent. And I was really close to putting Sabeel on here as well. But I think it's just the personality that Fane had. And yes, his his story was very tragic the way it ended for us, and and that that still hurts me when I think about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he 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 was just he was just excellent, and 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 I, I just loved every every single thing about him. I think he's he's just a fascinating fascinating dude, and also kind of kind of wild what happened to his people as well when um. you're discovering more about that. In the game, yeah, Fane, Fane's just a standout character to me. All right. Uh, I think you could probably guess who my number one is here. Yakuza 7's Ichiban Kasuga. Yeah. Uh, he is just the greatest dipshit I've ever known. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I love him. He's always fucking up, but trying to make up for it. And uh, just... Yeah, you really feel for the guy, at, at, like, once you, like, I mean, right away I was like, oh, wow, this dude is, like, the most honest, loyal person to people he obvi- he does not owe, owe anything to at all. And, like, he, 
He's just a great dude. I love him. <laughs> yeah. I've seen him top so many different character lists um, for games this past year. So, that's awesome. Uh, my number one is Miles Morales from oh. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Huh. Um, I think Miles is so amazing in in he's just a he's a genuine dude he cares a lot about the people around him and in his journey's just amazing and in to uh he kind of just shows that you 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 can kind of believe in yourself and you can be the guy and uh you know you can be someone that looks up to you and you can be the one to get the job done and and just kind of discovering that within yourself i think miles morales has a great message uh through his his character and it's one that i think just kind of sticks out to me as as the best this year and then i think he's just kind of a, a funny guy too i love his little little blurbs that he kind of throws out when you're doing various things in the game and um he's just miles morales is the best spider-man like period like he's so much better than so much better so much more interesting than peter parker so that's that's my my character for the year all right so man how do we want to do this Hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough because neither of us have played the opposite. <laughs> yeah. You know what um, we do agree on? Fane is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Fane. Also Abby. It's I feel like it's a toss up between Fane and Abby to me, like based on these lists. Yeah. Mm, man. And also you cannot do I mean, I know it's a long title, but you can't do G O T for Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> there are so many other things. Yeah. G O T. Yeah. No. Um. Oh man. This is tough. Ah. Uh, man. I personally, hey, hey. I would personally give the nod to Abby. Mm-hmm. Um. Just based on that is like. I am not as high on Last of Us Two as you are. At all, like I don't, I don't think I'm even close to as high on it as you are. But Abby is like one of the one of the shining moments, shining things about that game. Like it's it's the one thing that I took away. Like, all right, they did good there. Yeah. No, I I I, I can go with Abby. I think because yeah, I just think her her character, her overall arc is is phenomenal, and I, I really really enjoyed it. Can't wait for you to play Yakuza 7 so you can realize you fucked up. <laughs> well, I can't wait for you to play Spider-Man Miles Morales someday. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just not just... going to do it. I'm not going to do it on my base PS4. That's not my no, fault. No, I don't. No, no, it's not. And, and, <laughs> and I'll say if you definitely can wait to play that game, that the PS5 version is just, it's great. Once you, right. once you experience that game in 60 frames, there's no going back. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I'll believe you. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Alright, so we already, like, laid this out on the table here for our best soundtrack stuff here. Um, damn. Uh, I'm gonna just write down the time in the recording for this so I know to go back and try to insert some of this back in here. Uh, where's my notes? Where's my notepad? You know, that should be one of the first things that pops up. Alright. <laughs> so we... I'm just gonna see where this segment... This segment is going to start somewhere around, like... An hour, 36 minutes? I'll just put that there. Alright. I should be good now. Uh, so how do we want to do this? How do we want to do soundtrack? Well, I'm just looking at a couple that we share. Looks like we share three different games. So okay. maybe we start with the ones that we don't share. Okay. Uh, do you want to get us started with that? Sure. Yeah, I'll start with uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Alright. Opening that up now. Oh, this is just the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, but I got... Um, yeah, you, I, this is the thing that you said every time we started up <laughs> the original set too, really. You're like, damn, I like that music. Every time we started oh, playing this. Absolutely. And I'll just say it that the theme to Divinity Original Sin 2 is the best theme of all time to anything. Period. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm being dead fucking serious when I say that. Every time that theme starts up. I listen to that theme probably weekly. It's so amazing in so many different ways. Um, and just really hits hits with the feels. Um, and then, you know, I also I think a standout one is, is Dancing with the Source. Um, okay. Is okay. a really kind of standout moment. And, and I think of kind of going through some battles with that going. Is, is is it just highlights it really really well of uh, it's great battle music um, yeah and then you know uh, I think Rivalon's really great um, Fane's theme is also really good our favorite bony boy yeah um, it takes a it takes a second to get going but it, it just kind of sounds different for this sort of uh, style of soundtrack, I think. And yeah, I mean, there's so many great, great examples, I think, of uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 and why its soundtrack is just superb. All right. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely a good one there. Um, so I linked in this list of the Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, it's a, basically a playlist here, I think. It should pop mm -hmm. up. Um, let's see. I mean, all of it is pretty good. I, I I think, yeah, it's it's good good music to just, like, chill out to, and that's what Animal Crossing is. It's a chill-out game. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wow. Wow. Man, there's so much music in this game. It is, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go with Chased by Wasps. I just like it. It's just... It's the greatest, like, little thing there. Like, 
being chased by wasps and it's it's rushing you but also like just the, the hourly themes as well like the, the music changes by the hour in Animal Crossing and that's ridiculous and I love it yeah it is an amazing soundtrack it really like, is the thing that's coming out to me and this is very like very me very my schedule is the 2am music because that's <laughs> when I was playing it because uh, just my work schedule Mm-hmm. And it's, it was like the perfect thing to listen to, like as I was getting ready to lay down in bed. Yeah, yeah that's... it's very relaxing, and yeah, it's just yeah, it's just kind of different. I think it, it really fits the vibe of that that game so well. Yeah. Right. So, um. So my uh, my next one, I guess, is The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I think this game is has a great soundtrack overall. Um, you know, obviously that main theme is is fantastic um, uh, from Gustavo, but there's also just a couple other ones that I think just really stand out to me, such as. Um, you know, longing or unbroken, I think is one. And most of it's just kind of that kind of softer acoustic uh, vibe. And when you think of it with kind of what goes on in the game, I think it just fits it so well. Um, and then, yeah, all gone. The promise at the end, I think, is another interesting one. Um, and your categories. Yes, my cat's freaking out, and I don't know why. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a great soundtrack. It, it's it it kind of plays off of uh, the first game, you know, more. It's it's kind of a development of that, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, I will be right back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't so know what's going on. Tyler is gonna go deal with his cat. Um, so I guess I'm gonna have to figure out like what music to play here. I mean, there's uh, uh there are a few different things. Um, maybe we'll just take a quick break here while he goes sorts out his cat. Hey, uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, Tyler has quelled the rage of his kitty. Um, yeah. Hopefully, well, hopefully for at least the rest of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we've got more music to come back to. Uh, I guess uh, the next one I'll put out there, it's my turn, right? Yep. Um, is the Destiny 2 Beyond Light uh, soundtrack. Um, I linked one in here. Um, but yeah, Destiny just continues to have fantastic soundtracks. You could probably pick any track off the list here. Um, but yeah, I this was the year I got back into Destiny 2. And I'm glad, uh, because I'm glad the music's good because I had to look at I had to look at the title screen for a long time while shit updated, uh, because <laughs> yeah, bad internet, which hopefully will be fixed soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's just great. I love it. I love Destiny 2's music. They do great work. Yeah, they they do and. I remember being kind of worried when um, they fired, uh, was it Martin O'Donnell? 
mm-hmm. um, from Bungie, who did the Halo soundtracks and the first Destiny soundtrack. And that first Destiny soundtrack still probably my favorite overall from Destiny, but I remember being worried that they wouldn't have as good a music, and they, they seem to nail it every time. Beyond Lights is very good. Alright. Um, Alright, so the next one for me, I'm going to point to um, Hades. Okay. Um, I think Hades has a really solid soundtrack, and maybe some of this I haven't experienced yet in the game, I guess, depending on the runs, but um, I think about this this opening track, No Escape, is really good, um, and then, oh, there's a good riddance, I think is amazing, yep. I, I don't think I've oh, experienced, if you like, good. if you like good riddance, um, let's see if it's on the list here, oh man, where, where is, okay, uh, you haven't heard this yet, but it's on my list as well, and this is the track I chose, In the Blood. Uh, it's number 28 in the sequence here. But it is, like, it is fantastic. And, uh, I mean, this is the song that plays over the credits. Yeah. I can, I can see how this is good, because this is just, this really fits the vibe of Hades so fucking well. I, I just think the the music when you're when you're fighting and all sorts of stuff it, it's just a really good good soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I actually um, I bought the soundtrack for this game. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's super. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I already had Hades up here. Um, I mean. We both have Ori. I, I'm curious what you picked of Ori since you've played more of it th- than me. Yeah. To me, I think Ori just... It stands out to me uh, in so many ways. I mean, the opening theme is phenomenal. Um, but there's there's also just a lot of great moments such as Ku's uh, uh, first fight... Um, and then they, they have all these different moments of when you kind of, I guess, accomplish certain things, certain quests. So one that I just finished recently was the Luma Pools in Bower's Reach. Luma Pools, I think, is really just solid. And I think when it comes to this kind of style of music that's more orchestral and uses, um, you know, some kind of... Uh, Voices is some a- kind of ambience, I guess, to to enhance the atmosphere of it. Or it's just incredible because it enhances what's going on in the game so fucking well. But then even just as you're journeying through the game and like fighting dudes and discovering stuff, you're hearing this sort of music. And it's just, it really just elevates it to another level, makes it very magical. Um, I I think Ori is just very underrated, unfortunately, when it comes to soundtracks. Um, Because I think people acknowledge that it's good, but you never see it nominated, really, for anything. Which is always a bummer. Well, what stands out to you about Ori? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of those things... Like it's, 
I just think it's it's very nice, and it goes very well with the art style of the game. And yeah, I I don't know. There's something just really enchanting about their music. I I can't really put a finger on it. It's mm-hmm. yeah, enchanting. It, it's, one of, it, it's like one of the top two things I think of when I think of Ori. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic. All right. And we both have Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Um, what's your favorite track since you've actually beaten the remake? Um, I have a do few. Do you like that one-winged angel? Uh, I do. Uh, I think that is that is a fantastic, um, fantastic song. Uh, of course, the, that's probably the classic from Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just. I, you can't go wrong with that battle music as well. I think that battle music is like some of the best battle music you can ever have. Um, but there's a lot of other ones. I think each one of the those who fight is really good, especially the lo- those who fight further. Um, what what about those who squat? <laughs> <laughs> that one's that one's good. Um, but this this soundtrack is just. It's really great at making a moment like way more exciting and and just really enhancing a battle and it just making a moment so much bigger. Um, it's 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 phenomenal. Um, it's probably my favorite soundtrack of the year, I think. Yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, it's it's really tugging on some old old strings, you know? Mm-hmm. And I... See, I... I was always looking forward to Final Fantasy VII Remake, but when I started hearing the music, that's when I was like, oh, fuck, this is gonna fuck me up, isn't it? Like, it's, it's just gonna fuck me up a little bit emotionally, especially when all of it comes out. But hearing what you said, like, I'm, I'm even more, um... I'm even more excited to try to go... to play it and, like, beat it and just see how different it is and see where they might be going with it. But yeah, the music is goddamn. That's like it's been a long time since I played Final Fantasy VII, and still, it's like it still pulls me back. Mm-hmm. Just just hearing it. Yeah, I think it's just exciting, you know, because so many of those themes too. Just I found that they got stuck in my head, especially the battle one. I mean, of course, you hear it uh, the most, but it's it's just so good. Um, and even just kind of the softer notes when you start the game up um, is is really fantastic. It's uh, Square Enix are, especially the Japanese side, are masters at soundtracks. Like they just they're fucking great at uh, creating them. Not only for Final Fantasy, but the Kingdom Hearts games have great soundtracks. So it's it's my favorite one for sure. But what's your favorite? Is it oh, Hades? I, yeah, I really love that Hades soundtrack a lot. Like, mm-hmm. just it also it's kind of cheating too because a lot of the Hades soundtrack reminds me of Doom in a way. Just the way Ooh. that the the music and the gameplay really interlock and just yeah, yeah. I love I love bashing dudes while listening to some ripping guitar, and especially that you. You mentioned it earlier, like the um, 
the Hades boss fight at the end. Like, it's... It's just like when he, when he goes down and then you... Then you have to beat him again, but you hear that fucking guitar, and god damn it, my cat is pulling on a fucking string right now. I'm like, <laughs> on a cord. God damn it, he pulled the cord out of my headphones, so I temporarily can't hear you right now. But, but yeah. Uh, I, ju I just love that, that cue at the end when you when you get his health bar down, and uh, then you hear that, and you're like, oh, fuck. It's, it's just great. It's like one of my favorite... I mean, I mentioned it, like, you know, I didn't really put it on my, um, I guess you did, like, the fighting Hades at the end, like, that moment where it's like, where the guitar comes in, and it's like, oh, fuck, I have to beat this guy again, that's a great moment, and that's a great sound, soundtrack, and just great placement of that soundtrack for that. Mm hmm Yeah. I agree, I can be down to give it, give it to Hades. Um, I think it's just what, it, what makes... A game and a soundtrack great is when the two just match in every single way and I think Final Fantasy 7 and Hades are fantastic examples of that I mean having great music is is awesome but then when they match up oh man this is great I could be down to give it to Hades because I, I I like Hades a lot and in uh, Final Fantasy 7 while while superb you know, they did rework some things that, you know, were kind of already made um, with the original game. Hades is more of just an original soundtrack, I guess. Yeah. But oh, man. This, yeah. this category is always so hard to me. Because yeah. game music is just, it's always great. And I mean, yeah. I didn't put, like, shit, maybe I should just look it up real quick just so you can listen to it. But, like, you're going to play Yakuza 7, but... uh like there are a lot of good, good music, lots of good music there too. I mean, there's other game. Like I heard music from other games that I never even, uh, I I haven't even played yet, uh, and they sound really good too. I mean, you've heard some of the soundtrack from, well, have you heard some of the soundtrack from Risk of Rain too? Like no, I haven't actually. Man, there's so much good, good video game music out this year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, definitely. Another game I, I should have given a shout out to is Astro's Playroom. Has a phenomenal soundtrack to it. One that's just filled with joy. Just pure fucking joy. So shout out to that one. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna link it in here into the soundtrack uh thing for for you here. But like this is one of the songs you do for uh, karaoke. <laughs> in the it's called Machine Gun Kiss. Let me open this up. But it's... Well, good. Yeah, it's just... Like, they have so much... Like, it would almost be cheating to put Yakuza 7 in there in here because there's... It's just the... They also have the entire Sega catalog, pretty much, of all the Sega <laughs> music. Oh, wow. And that's also why I didn't put in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 because that's... Yeah. That, that, that feels like cheating a little bit. And also, yeah. Fuser, Fuser was one of my other early joke picks that I kind of filled in space with. Right. Yeah, this is but, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I like this. I, I mean, also, another game that has kind of some licensed stuff, but uh, is pretty good with soundtracks, Wasteland 3. Oh, yeah. You know, they use music really well in that game. And so, shout out to that one. 
Yeah. I think a game, you know, of course Doom Eternal soundtrack is is solid, um, but just doesn't hit like the first game. I think that first game was just so special um, mm-hmm. with the soundtrack. So shout out to that one. But a game that, to me, and sound, sound, music and stuff is so subjective, so sometimes it can be hard, but a game that I feel like should have had a better soundtrack is Ghost of Tsushima. I just feel like in a kind of epic open world game like that just needs a better soundtrack. And it, I don't know, just nothing really stood out to me with that one, personally. But yeah. All right. Miles Morales also has a really good soundtrack, too. Just throw that, that one out there. They, they have some mm-hmm. kind of licensed stuff, but they use it really, really well. Some really great moments. Yeah, and I, I know I mentioned it, but like, some of y'all need to go out there and listen to some Fuser remixes because there's some wild shit out there. A lot of uses of uh, DMX's uh, "X Gonna Give It to You." <laughs> a lot of Smash Mouth out there being mixed into other songs. It's just a fun time. Mm. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What else do we have here left? I oh wait, no, we're 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 at the final one. We are. The goatee, the, the 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 one to rule them all, uh, game of the year. God, this is we're all we're two hours in and we're just now getting to goatee. I know. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, shit. This is where we pick the best game of the year. Normally on a PlayStation platform, but that end from the year that it is, but that isn't the case this year. Um, <laughs> Probably holy not. Shit, holy shit, my um, my list is a jumbled mess <laughs> of, <laughs> of shit that would not normally be here. Mm-hmm. Oh man, uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, well, why don't you start? Okay, uh, my number ten is Crusader Kings three. All right, and it is mainly because. I managed, well, yeah, it's, I managed to kill the Pope. That's, that's what <laughs> I did in Crusader Kings 3. I wow. killed the Pope. I destroyed Catholicism. And it was a fun time. <laughs> and just the ways you can fuck with and have alternate history in this game. And just, it's it's really a sandbox uh, of, like, all these weird-ass characters. Like, you can... I mentioned it earlier in the technical achievement, but you can dive into, like, all of, like, this entire map of the world, pretty much. Like, it's it's Europe, it's it's Western Asia, uh, and it's, it's Northern Africa, and it's, like, they're just, in all these territories, like, you can pick to play as anyone who, who holds land in the game, and just try to politic and war your way to being a king or an emperor it's like it's great it's a fantastic experience right on um, my number 10 is uh, Astro's Playroom um, I think this game is just uh, it, it's a bundle of joy uh, talk about that controller but what they did with that is is just superb and I think this game's just, it's fun. It's so creative. It's the most Nintendo game Sony has ever made. 
Um, and I could have went for 10 more hours of this game, and, and I can't wait for what they hopefully do with a sequel to it. Or, you know, I know they have um, Astro Mission um, Rescue, was it Rescue Bot? Um, on PlayStation VR, and, and that's a great title, but, you know, to take it to a, a broader audience, I guess, is, is something that really excites me. Um, and it's just, it was fun to play a platformer that was, you know, it, it had that Mario feel of uh, of discovery, but it's not too difficult. If you want to make it difficult, you can make it difficult by finding everything. Um, and it was just, it was a blast. And, and what a great trip down memory lane as well because you're finding different artifacts of PlayStation's past through the various uh, console generations and it just it brought back a lot of a lot of feels um, and the ending of the game is a kind of a flashback to the PlayStation 1 era of games in the best way possible as well God I need to get a PlayStation 5 <laughs> really do um all right number nine here i've got tony hawk pro skater one plus two remake all right it's kind of cheating because it's two games it's really it's, it's really just two sets of levels from those games in this new engine that they've made and it's damn good skateboarding engine it revived tony hawk pro skater i'm glad for that and i want more tony hawk's pro skater it's it's a really great remake and uh yeah, I, I just had a blast playing it when I did. Yeah. I wonder if they'll make uh, or remake 3 and 4. I feel like it would make sense to do that. But who knows? How um, far do you go into remaking the bad ones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think you could maybe do uh, maybe Underground, I guess. People have some nostalgia for that, but I think you kind of stop there. I want a Tony Hawk's Ride remake. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no one needs that. Um, my number nine is Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Um, you know, I, I, Crash Bandicoot is my Mario, uh, growing up as a child. And to have a game that is just as good as those original games is just something I always wanted for a long time. Um, and, you know, the, the remakes they did... Of the original trilogy was great, but to have something here that's brand new um, with some really cool mechanics as well, um, and to have this game just be brutally fucking hard um, was you know, frustrating at times. It can be kind of t- a turnoff, I think, with certain sections, but it's it's a great game. It looks great. It sounds great. It feels good. There's there's so much there for you to see. And to explore with this game. So, what a comeback for Crash. All right. Crash is back. He is. All right. My number, what? what is this, eight, is Ghost of Tsushima. All right. And maybe this is a bit of recency bias. I do like the way that game, like, sort of ramped up towards the end. Um, and, yeah, it's... I think it is a perfectly functional open-world game in a year where we had a very not-functional open-world game. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, I, even though it's kind of limited and it's kind of like an old style of that open-world, 
I enjoyed it enough, like, I enjoyed looking at it enough, and, um, I, I, I really liked, uh, the combat in it was probably the standout for me, like, as far as open world games go, I think this, this had a pretty good, uh, combat system, and, uh, yeah, kept, uh, it, uh, maybe it handed out a lot of those tools a bit early, but, you know, I, I can forgive it for that. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just want all the toys. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, my number eight is Ori in the Will of the Wisp. Um, yeah, I'm so I haven't finished this game, but like I said, I'm pretty darn close, and I just I'm blown away by how much better this game is than the first one, and I really love the first one. Um, this game, I just feel it's its environments are. Uh, way more fun to explore. There's some really interesting mechanics with a lot of them uh, that really kind of enhance the game. I feel the movement's better, the pacing's better. The first game kind of had some really wild difficulty spikes where I feel like this one has been a really nice, steady uh, ramp up and and the game delivers you abilities in, in a great way. Um, combat is so much better in this game where in the first it was kind of okay uh, it feels really good with this one um, and yeah I mean I continue to be blown away by the visuals and the environments the music and the story is just phenomenal and has so many ups and downs so many uh, moments of positivity and, and hope but then they'll completely, you'll be fucking wrecked the next moment. Um, it's a, it's just a superb game that um, I think is worth getting Game Pass in some way, whether on the PC or an Xbox. This game's on a Switch. It's, you know, I don't know if it runs well there, but um, I, I wish this game was on PlayStation though, just so that mu- that many more people could could enjoy how great this game is because um, it's it's just phenomenal alright number seven it's Genshin Impact for me Ooh. Uh, yeah so they made like a free to play open world game that has gotcha elements but it's it's not not necessary although you really want to when you see those characters in the store you really want to go pull for them. And, uh... Yeah, I... It's just really bizarre to me that this is free to play, and it's like, you can just play all the game and not spend money on it and, uh, have a decent time. And, like, there's a lot there. There's just a lot of game there. It's it's huge. Um... And... It does borrow some stuff from... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but I think that's... I think it does it well enough to to justify it. Um, and yeah, I... It was it was definitely one of the biggest surprises for me, like, this free-to-play game's gonna come out and, and fucking blow up like it did. Um, but yeah, it's... It's really up there for me. I'm, I'm really high on it. I, I want to play more. I don't want to spend more money, because that's... That's the thing this game does that I don't like. But I really do like those character designs. It's really good. Paimon, I should have put as my character of the year. Because mm. Paimon is great. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, my number seven is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, so I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I really... I, I think it's somewhat unfortunate with this game that the story doesn't get going right away. Or maybe that first area isn't the greatest. Um because when this game really does get going, I, I, I just think it's it's great. And and I really liked a lot about it. Uh, I liked the combat. I felt like... And I, so I'm playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now. And I, I like that game. I do. But there's something about Ghost of Tsushima in its open world that I just feel like is a little refreshing. Not only visually, with the colors and, and all that and... and, and it's just a great world to exist in. But then, you know, I, I like that it's HUD. It's very minimal. I like that the game kind of forces you to kind of immerse yourself in the world a little bit more with, with the wind um, and using that as a mechanic. I like that the map wasn't filled with a bunch of useless shit. I mean, there there's some of it, like haikus, for an example, but... Um, but it's not filled with a ton of stuff to do, like an Assassin's Creed or a Cyberpunk. Um, <clears throat> it was just—it's kind of just a toned down open world experience that I think is is still great. I, you know, you could argue that this game is is too long, um, and I could, I would maybe even say that. But I also feel like uh, I like the length of this game. I felt like it wasn't. Uh, you know, the the worst, and, like, I'm playing Valhalla right now. I feel like that game never is going to fucking end. Um, so, I just think this game does a lot of really interesting things. And, yeah, it might be another one of those in terms of open-world games, but I think it just, it does it a lot better. Uh, by the end of it, I thought it did things a lot better than, than uh, some other ones. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the length of Ghost of Tsushima very much. It's not, like, I don't need the biggest open-world games. I just, I feel like they built a world that was just the right size for that game. Yeah. Definitely. Alright. Number six. Coming from Nintendo, Animal Crossing's New Horizons. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, yeah, this was... This was the game for weeks if not months for me that I could just kick back and chill <laughs> and I needed that this year I need to be able to kick back and chill and just kind of put everything else on hold while I go take care of my island and all my friends there and uh yeah I I don't know man it's there was something relaxing about Animal Crossing New Horizons that I just didn't I didn't find anywhere else and it was I mean, it released at the perfect time, of course. I mean, it's been said everywhere, but... Yeah, that, that was the game for me for a long time. Yeah. I yeah. think it's the best... I think it's it's a really... It's the best Animal Crossing since the GameCube one. Mm. I think the GameCube one is better. As a, as a video game. But I, I this is a great way to play Animal Crossing. Yeah, I never played Animal Crossing until New Horizons. And, you know, once you start playing it, you're like, I get it. Like, it is an addicting game. I didn't put the time into it. I kind of fell off of it. Um, so I didn't put the time into it that a lot of other people did. But I, I think that game has grabbed 
in a year that is like, yeah, total shit, that game really just grabs so many different people. I mean, my wife plays it all the time. Uh, so it, it, it's grabbed a lot of different people. It's, it's a cool game. All right, my number six is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I, Your second Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my second Final Fantasy. Um, that is that is true. I I just like this game so much, and I think it it just nailed everything from you know, the music that we were just talking about to. Uh, I thought the story was good, maybe stretched a little thin, but by the end of it, I really liked where it where it ended up. Um, just exciting boss battles, especially down the stretch. It just felt like one after another was just fucking great. I really like the combat system in this game. Um, there's a, there's a lot of different stuff you can do. Um, I like like you know commanding uh, my party and, and doing all that, but then. I just think the strength of this game comes down to its characters. You know, uh, Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, uh, Jesse, Wedge, they, they're all so great. And and I think this world's just fascinating. And what's, what's just kind of wild is that the themes of Final Fantasy VII from the original are obviously still here. And they are just as relevant today, if not more so. Um, so I think that that makes the game like extra powerful. So it's a, it's a phenomenal game. You need to finish it, sir. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I need to remember how to play that game too because I kind of forget how it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So my number five is Destiny Two Beyond Light. Ooh. The expansion to Destiny 2 that has uh, brought me back to the game in a very strong way. Um, I think as of this recording, I am power level 1263. Wow. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've done pretty much everything outside of the raid, and it's it's great. It is, like, I think they've taken the story in a direction that they can ride for a while now. It's, like, this whole battle between darkness and light has really revealed itself to be a little bit more complicated than that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what more they do with Destiny 2, because I think that game's going to last forever. <laughs> yeah. I, I This game fell right outside of my top ten, but it's brought me back as well um, to, yeah, just kind of where I want to play Destiny like a lot now. I just didn't feel that with some of the recent expansions. So, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm at the point where I need to grind a lot. Like, it's gotten very grindy for me. Like, I, I think I've, the past two sessions that I've played, I've only went up, like, three points. Okay. <laughs> so, getting there. But, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Europa's also really great. I like That's, exploring Europa. Yeah, it... I mean, I did. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like they they've really gone for an, a, in a different direction, like with uh, style wise. Just look looking at a lot of the stuff, especially the interior areas of Europa, like the mm-hmm. the science facilities and 
a lot of that stuff looks really cool and like the mystery behind uh, Clovis Bray and the Exos and all of that stuff really really opens up some would say a can of worms but you know I think those worms are gummy worms and delicious <laughs> well I think another like kind of can of worms that they sort of open with this game is having darkness powers with yeah. subclasses and like I, I'm if they don't build out more darkness powers Bungie's fucking up because they, they have it set up so well and the stasis abilities are, are really fucking cool I like them I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm getting the what are they called like the modifiers that you can get for them what are they called aspects I'm thinking is it is it aspects for some reason I'm thinking I'm like well that's Hades or fragments I, I mean there are aspects yes yeah it, it, it might be the aspects but I'm, I'm getting to the point I'm now unlocking different different things to tweak my my stasis subclass which I think just adds a whole other level to it and it's, it's cool and also, man, that that PS5 version is just oh, buttery smooth. It's awesome. Tyler, why do you do this? You, <laughs> I'm you sorry, me, Tyler. You I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just. I don't think it, you are. It's good. It's it's so good. One day. Um, all right. My number five is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, you know, it, it's one of those games that I I love the length of it. And I could go for a Spider-Man game of this length once a year. Um, <clears throat> I just think the length of it was was perfect. And then because of it's a smaller game, they kind of toned down the gadgets and the abilities. So there's you know you end up using everything. And then Miles Morales' abilities are so much more fun than than uh, Peter Parker's. The Venom abilities. You just feel like a total badass when you're beaten beating up the bad guys. And I think that story's just so fantastic in so many ways. And every character is amazing. And I just... It, it is... It's a better game than Spider-Man 2018. Like, hands down. Um, the fact that it's set on Christmas is perfect for this time. And Yeah, what a game. I... I I can't express enough how great this game is. Yeah, I'm just I'm disappointed I have, I haven't been able to play it. I I really like that first Spider-Man and just hearing about Miles Morales and where that goes. It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. In in the way that it sets up the sequel, you know what's presumably a Spider-Man two full blown sequel is really exciting as well. Um, kind of just how they build out more of that universe is really cool. So. Yeah, any Spider-Man that isn't a Spider-Cop setting up surveillance for the police is is, is a better Spider-Man for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, number four, and I, I'm surprised I haven't heard this. Maybe it's even higher on your list than I thought. It's F1 2020. Ooh. That mm, makes me think it might not <laughs> even be on your list. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's certainly on my list. All right, uh... I've really enjoyed what they've done, like being able to build your own team and working from the bottom up, uh, trying to climb your way up the standings, and just the racing continuing to be great. Just and I think a lot of the systems coming with the um, the new team that you uh, 
you can create like I think they brought in a lot of other systems like where drivers move teams more often mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to see all the different movement that happens and I think there's a lot more variability than arguably there is in actual F1 with how how, uh, how development goes for cars and it's, it's just really good racing I almost put iRacing on this list but you know, I didn't play <laughs> as much iRacing as I thought I would yeah Still playing, still paying that sub though. <laughs> mm. Mm. Racing's great. I, I miss racing. Yeah, right I now mean, like, it's, only, like, it's, it's only like a few weeks after the F one season has ended. I know. I know. We're already missing it. I am. I'm just missing any any major racing, you know. But yeah, F one's great. Um, my number four is The Last of Us Part Two. Um. Yeah, uh, I I like this game a lot, and I I like I ended up so the story is kind of the make or break thing with this game for a lot of people um, because you know yeah the environments are great the acting is superb the combat is so much better than the first game um, and in the environments that they kind of created for you to play around in some of the weapons the upgrades all that stuff. So much better than the first game. They really built upon that very well. When it comes down to the story, I end up... I I like the story. Do I think it's perfect? No. Do I think every moment's great? No. Um, But I think it's more great than it's not to me. And I really think this was a really interesting decision for Naughty Dog to... You know, basically split the story up in in two different ways, and have you kind of experience different sides, and and uh, kind of maybe change your mindset on the on the characters as you're playing, and then you'd see the other side, and and how it all kind of comes together. It's it's really interesting, and and I, it was a game that I felt very just kind of gripped by, and and I. I I like it. I still think that when it comes to this style of AAA game, single-player linear adventure, Naughty Dog's still still the king. Do I want to see them change things up? Sure, because I think there's a lot of talent over at that studio, but I like this game a lot. I don't think it's yeah. as good as the first one. That, that's that's my, my opinion, of course, but that yeah, first I, one's special. Good. I thought it was, I thought it was all right. I... What one of the things that turned me off is kind of the structure of the game and like how they split it up. It's it kind of felt I don't know like you're, you're replaying the same days again, of course. But like it's I don't know. I f- I feel like there could have been more of a back and forth, and there was a different way to cut that up to make it make. I feel like if you experience them more in tandem rather than so separated mm-hmm. apart, I, I feel like there was a different way they could have done that that might have been better for me. Yeah. I, I do I do agree. I wonder if... I mean, you imagine they had to have had a lot of conversations about the pacing of the game and how to present it. And I would just wonder if they did change it up to where, yeah, like you're saying, maybe you do Seattle day one and then with Ellie and then day one with Abby and then because it was just kind of frustrating to play through all three days with Ellie and then have have it kind of end on such a big cliffhanger and it's 10 hours until you're back to that Mm -hmm. you know 
And, and yeah, it's cool to see how it builds up, but you're like, fuck, I really want to see where where it goes. And yeah, the pacing, you know, maybe isn't the greatest, but yeah. All right. Now into the top three here for me. Number three is Yakuza 7. All right. And I've talked a lot about Yakuza 7 throughout this podcast. And all of that's all great. But, Tyler, I didn't really fully understand the genius of Piss Wizard. Because <laughs> you think, Piss Wizard, oh, it's like a magical piss guy. No. Wiz. Piss Wizard. It's, it's a double... It, 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 it says piss again. Basically, mm, mm, piss wizard. Mm. I you see. get it? Yeah, I do. I do. But yeah, I mean, it would have been higher on my list if I like really liked uh, Sega arcade games because you can just go play those. They're just there. You just go to a Sega arcade in the game and you play Virtua Fighter or Outrun or whatever the hell you want to play out there. Is Outrun a Sega or is that the Sega uh, one or is it Daytona? No. Uh, <sighs> I can look it up quick. Oh, man. God damn. Yeah, it is Outrun. Yeah. You are right. Um, but, yeah, there's there's so much in this game that you can go and enjoy. You can learn, like, in all the Yakuza games, you can go learn to play Mahjong or any of the other Japanese tabletop games. Or, uh, some Chinese games as well. I'm not, not sure. No, Mahjong's Chinese. Uh but yeah, it's uh, there's just so much in this game that I love. Like you build building your relationship with your party members, the way it frames it like a JRPG. Because Ichiban was just addicted to Dragon Quest as a kid. It's it's great. They built a kart racer that's in the game. <laughs> you do a kart racing series. Um, and all the sub stories are really cool. It really adds character to the people in that world and just shows you the kind of guy Ichiban is. So do yeah. you do you think you like this game more than some of the other Yakuza games you played? Oh god. So man, <laughs> I don't know man, it's it's hard because mm-hmm. I I, I kind of put this in a different category because it's such a different different style of game and the way you play it. Um but as far as like characters and and like the story goes, it's definitely up there and uh Yeah, it has some it has one of the most bizarre story twists ever. <laughs> that, I'm, like, it is like, it is like Metal Gear bizarre. How, it's like one of the things that happens. Um, oh wow! <laughs> that's like, saying something. The, you know the Ichiban dad reveal. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Like it is like really bizarre. But also, in the vein of Metal Gear, I mean, there's there's a lot of references to just other video games in this, in Yakuza 7. Like, one of the, uh, okay, so, this is going to be a slight mechanical spoiler that you're going to really love when you get to. It's called Poundmates. <laughs> okay. Now, what do you think when you hear Poundmates? I think of the Van Halen song, Pound Cake. Oh, okay. So I'm probably wrong on that, but so so in the game, <laughs> the characters think it's some hookup kind of app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, you just—it's basically like summon summons in a in a JRPG. Like 
they're they're yeah like you've seen summons in final fantasy yeah yeah so it's basically like that and one of the summons uh you're calling in like some of the summons you're just calling in characters from previous yakuza games that just appear in this game uh they also appear in the story in other ways but that's spoilery but one of them is uh daigo dojima uh he's like one of the he's like the last chairman of the tojo clan and basically what his his move is called uh, Guns of the Forefathers. And basically it just it's just him and ghosts of all the other Tojo clan chairmen uh, unloading whatever guns they have. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. That's that seemed like a very metal geary thing to me that they did. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like <laughs> it's like if they Man. Yeah, I it's it's just great. It's it's fantastic. I I love Yakuza very much. It's only number three on my list. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Um, my number three is F one twenty twenty. Okay. All right. Um, I just think when it comes to a simulation racer like this is like the best one and. Yeah, there's just so many amazing moments, and like I said, I like creating a new team, starting at the bottom, working your way up, and and I, I like how each season is is truly distinct, and you don't know really what's going to happen. And I'll be I'll be honest with you, I started my third season. I'm up through Spain already, so I've done six races, <laughs> and I just I can't get enough of this game. It's 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 so good, and and and. The fact that, like, I only do 50% races, which are still pretty lengthy, and I feel like they're perfect. And the fact that so many things can happen within those races, and you can use different strategy, you can call your own strategy, and the game kind of thinks for you as, you know, you have an actual, like, you know, strategist on your team, and um, things like that that's just... It, it's awesome, and the racing just feels good. It it, 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 there's something that's just amazing about you're going down a long straight, and you're just you have DRS or something, but then, uh, you know, you, you have the guy behind you that has DRS too, and then all of a sudden it's like a three way dogfight down this straight. That just happened to me at at Bahrain, and I, it was three wide going down the the straight at Bahrain. My most recent season it's just like that feeling is just so good in this game and uh it just and, and then i think something that every single racing game should adopt is the difficulty settings of f1 how you can truly customize that in so many different ways to make that experience exactly what you want and and when a racing game doesn't have that anymore i'm just kind of disappointed by that um it's just it's superb in just about every way. Mm. We were really quick. We were racing at Hanoi, Vietnam. Yeah. And going down that super long straight the oh, first yeah. one. Uh-huh. And I forget, I was maybe third, fourth, fifth, something like that. I I was in the top and, and there was a bunch of us kind of grouped up and then we were also catching back markers because we just pitted. And we're going down there, and then all of a sudden, I was maybe two or three seconds behind Lewis Hamilton, who was leading. All of a sudden, I don't know if he was trying to pass someone, hit someone. 
it was complete chaos and he wrecked and the entire track was blocked and wow. i'm like how how did that just happen it was it was totally fucking nuts i mean there had to have been six or seven different cars going down down there just you know dog dog fighting it was that that feeling it's just it's it's amazing so yeah, yeah a lot of good racing yeah all right, Tyler, you're going to copy and paste your top two, and I'm going to copy and paste my top two, because there are only two games that I think go up here. Okay. I don't have mine copy and pasted, but I'll write, write them out. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right, so we did the thing again. So... My number two is Divinity Original Sin 2, and that number one I have Hades. You have it the opposite way around. Yeah. God damn it. This is going to be tough. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about Divinity Original Sin 2, but tell me why Hades is your game of the year. Well, I am I am partial to the roguelikes, and uh, I have never seen a roguelike pull off uh, what Hades pulls off with its story and trying and justifying multiple runs and justifying like and like encouraging you and putting the dangling the carrot in front of you as well as Hades has done. It's like even when you're not clearing runs, like you're making progress in other ways. You're developing other relationships and like having those relationships with those characters. I think all of those, all of the Greek gods and all the characters at the House of Hades. Everyone you encounter, like, they really work awesomely. They all work off Zacharias very well. And I think, I, I just really think it's the complete package. It, it has everything I love about a video game, really. It even has fishing, which, you know, <laughs> come on. Wait, you haven't done fishing yet, have you? I did, actually. Oh, okay, I, okay. I, I did, and I fucked it up. <laughs> I I I, I uh, missed missed the mark, but but yeah, I've I've done it. Yeah, yeah. To to me, with both of these games, so I, I have it Divinity and then Hades, but I think both of these games are are truly special. And why why they're the top two for me is because they are both games of genres that I've never truly experienced before that are just stunning and like Hades for an example I'm not really a big fan of of the roguelike genre um, I don't really like playing a game and making progress and having my progress wiped out um, or like losing my items or whatever but I think Hades is really smart with its design like you said even if you fail on a run, you're making progress. You're upgrading something. You're you're just doing something, and and not only that, but the gameplay is really good to where you want to keep just playing it, even if you aren't making it. Um, but then, how they figured out to incorporate story into it and make that story interesting and give you reasons to want to keep going to experience that story, and even if you're failing, you're still getting story, like. It's just so smart, and I haven't really played a 
roguelike game. I mean, the closest was probably Dead Cells, but I haven't played one where I felt like I want to finish it, and I'm up till three in the morning trying to finish it. So, it's just a, it's just a special game. And then, I mean, we've talked so much about Divinity, but you know, I think that game's special in so many ways too. Of I, you know, I want to play more CRPGs. But I feel like I've already experienced, like, the pinnacle of the genre. <laughs> oh, damn, I fucked up. I, I don't know. But then, yeah, playing that co-op and experiencing that with someone else, how smart the writing is, how how great side quests are, how the side quests can change the world. And, and honestly, they're somehow, most of the time, worked into the main quest and how amazing the combat is and how you can really customize your character and your party and, and how you develop all that stuff and the visuals, the music. It's its unbelievable how great that game is. Yeah, I i really like Divinity Original Sin 2, but now that you mention it, I fucked up. It made you, I, I want you to play other ones, and I know Wasteland 3 <laughs> isn't, really, isn't really scratching the itch entirely. And I feel bad because I don't know too many other multiplayer ones. <sighs> yeah. The only one I know is the first one, but yeah. first Divinity, which could be really fun to run through. Um, but Yeah, that one's actually kind of frustrating to play single player because instead of like it expects you to play that multiplayer. Oh um, really? In that like when you make a decision, if your other Play, player created character doesn't agree with that decision it's a dice roll which decision you choose mm. so it i that that that's that was the one frustrating thing i had about uh playing that so gotcha yeah but yeah divinity yeah. original sin 2 i i really like their combat system i really like the the environmental interactivity that how the environment is so important to the combat and like how like abilities interweave and like kind and you you can set up a lot of cool cool strategies yeah um agreed yeah this is this is tough can we have two games of the year i think we sort of could because hades would be the 2020 game of the year (laughs) uh divinity would be the old game of the year yeah, I mean, but, so I we know. have co-games of the year. We have 2020's Hades and then 2020's 2017 Game of the Year, <laughs> Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. I, I I look at my list and I even look at a couple of the other ones that just barely made it or barely, almost didn't or almost made it. Sorry. Um I think 2020 is a pretty good year for games. Just there's a lot of great games on here that I I truly love. So yeah, I'm maybe I'm just a downer, but you know, I was a little bit disappointed with games this year. A little bit, especially considering like multiplayer. Like, I mean, you can't plan for it, but I feel like every other year has had more multiplayer stuff. Like that would stand out more mm-hmm. than we've had this year. I mean, the past couple of years have proven that out. Like, we've had Apex Legends. We've had, uh, I mean, for some people, for, uh, maybe that game this year was Fall Guys, because everyone loves trash. <laughs> it was Fall Guys for a lot of people. 
I can't believe so, it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't either. That's not my game. And Fortnite has basically become an advertising platform. <laughs> that, you laugh, but that's what it is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a <laughs> strange game anymore when you really think about it. Yeah. What 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 are a couple others? I guess you just want to give some shout outs that almost made you list. Uh, I played Umarangi Generation, uh, the photography game. Oh, okay. Taking yeah. place during the apocalypse, kind of the. It's a kaiju apocalypse, but is it really? Like, there's there's other subtext to the game about the UN manufacturing this this disaster. Hmm. Um. Yeah, some really uh, really cool world-building stuff that you have to go out of your way to look for. The one thing I will say about Umarangi Generation, maybe it's because it came off the back of me playing, like, six straight hours of Yakuza 7. My eyes were tired at the moment <laughs> I was playing Umarangi Generation, and that game has, like, a really, really uh, colorful and bright, and maybe, like, it hurt my eyes a little bit and made me feel a little bit sick, but maybe that was me looking at a screen for too long that day. Um, but it's a short game. It took me two hours to beat. Um, there's plenty of extra stuff you can go through. A lot of bonus objectives. Uh, took some really neat pictures. Alright. Yeah, for me, <clears throat> you know, Destiny 2 Beyond Light almost made it. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of a gap there. But then Assassin's Creed Valhalla... Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing. We're probably close. Also, I finished uh, Zelda Link's Awakening this year, which was really cool. Finished that early in the year. I like that game a lot. Not as good as some of the other great Zelda games, but it, it was a good time. Yeah. So, video games. I mean, I, I really liked watching other people play Fuser. Hmm. Have you seen Fuser at all? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, just man, there are a lot of uh, a lot of neat remixes out there. Mhm. Yeah. I think they put I think they put Stacy's mom in there. Ooh. That's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's mm, Yeah. I I I think I generally I've been entertained this year. I yeah. have been entertained. <clears throat> Yeah, I if I'm not like really high on a lot of games, I mean, I guess that might be partially my fault of not really going out of my way to try to enjoy a lot of these games because mm-hmm. it was kind of like I was huddled into my well, I guess I guess this is what the world is now kind of mindset. Yeah, in a you know this year's or well, last year I guess at this point has been difficult of course for everybody but you know you saw so many industries really struggling with it uh you know say movies for example you know they they just they're really struggling they just don't know what to do and i'm just thankful that video games were able to basically stay on course almost of course there were delays there's still were delays that we probably don't even know about but we still were able to get a lot of games this year and a lot of big ones and a lot of games that, you know, were fantastic. And, and I think they, you know, during this time, 
offered up a, a lot of great escape from what's going on. And they, they probably will continue to do so. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yep. at, at least... shit ain't fixed. Yeah. At, at least, you know, for for a while here, maybe the first half, who knows, probably even longer. You know, 2021 might not be uh, the greatest either, you know? Mm-hmm. But let's just hope that it, it starts to go in, in a positive direction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, shit. I I don't know what to say, man. It's I kind of just want to curl up in a ball and play video games. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, our co-games of the year, Hades and 2017's Divinity Original Sin 2. Twenty the twenty 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 seventeen game of the year. I love that. I love yeah, it. Me too. That's a great. That's a great award to win. Yep. <laughs> because that year was stacked. I remember looking back. Yeah. 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 That year's unbelievable. Yeah, we would not have had time to play that game that year. No. Definitely not. Um, which is why it gets its glory here. Um, yep. I think that's gonna do it, though. I think th- I think that's a podcast. That's a long ass pot. Fuck, that's a long-ass podcast. That's going to take me a while to upload. (laughs) (laughs) I think last year's was about this long, too. Shit. So. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us uh, for 2020's Game of the Year. I guess we'll recap real quick the winners. Uh, Let me pull this up. Uh, Multiplayer Game of the Year, Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, Disappointment of the Year. Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Astro's Playroom takes the technical achievement. Gotta love how your hand feels on that controller, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Best moment and sequence is uh, Divinity Original Sin 2's ending. Uh, Specifically how we got to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Best style goes to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Character of the Year is The Last of Us 2's Abby. Uh, soundtrack goes to Hades, and we just said this, Games of the Year. Yes, Games of the Year are Hades and 2017's Divinity Original Sin 2. A game not on our, not on the PlayStation platforms, and a game released in 2017. I love it. Yes. Me too. Alright, well, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, we are going to rest our voices... Come back next week with probably, I don't know, it's it's that time of year. Not much is happening. We'll probably yeah. just talk about all the games we've been playing next week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll see you then. Until that time, you can get in contact with us a couple of different ways. One way is via email at PlayStationReportPodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PSReportPodcast. Give us ratings, reviews, and share us with your friends. Uh, you can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. Until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and Happy New Year.